it's the 11th of January, 2022. Now we have the opportunity uh, to set our hearts on training this mind. And so I've just been doing the evening chanting, recollecting the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, reciting these verses of Dhamma, the teachings of the Buddha. And so one of these verses was about the blessings of life. And so these blessings, they are the highest things in one's life. And so the Buddha, he taught about these blessings. And these blessings are a matter of the jitta, of the mind. Because this body is composed of the four elements, just goes according to causes and conditions. If we want for it to be strong, we need to exercise it. We need to try to avoid foods that are damaging towards the body and give it enough rest. And so this is how we take care of the body. We need to know how to contemplate food. And before eating, we reflect upon the food and ask ourselves, is this going to be uh, damaging to the body? And for someone who um, has a lot of allergies, towards food, then we need to think about that a lot before eating so that we don't eat anything that is dangerous for us. And um, so if the body has a lot of these allergies and we need to care for it um, especially well, we always need to be looking after the body because if we don't then and we consume something that is inappropriate for it, that's harmful for it, then that will give rise to a lot of discomfort and pain. And we really see the pain there within the body. And so when we look after the body, then this is what it's uh, like. We need to look after it ourselves. We shouldn't have to have other people telling us to do so. And um, with the mind, we also need to be cautious about the mind, looking after it well. Anything that is dangerous towards the mind, uh, we need to be very careful around those things, such as attachment. And really, attachment is what is dangerous uh, to the mind. So the Buddha taught about the highest blessings of life. And these start off with not associating with fools, associating with the wise, and honoring those worthy of honor. And if we just practice those three aspects, then that's already going to give us a lot of benefit. Venerable Ananda, he once had the thought arise within him that being close to the wise, then this is half of the holy life, half of the practice. And the Buddha responded that that's not so. Avoiding fools, being close to the wise, honoring those worthy of honor. Um, this is the whole of the practice. This is a hundred percent of it. Because if we associate with people who aren't good people, this will bring a lot of harm to us. We'll always be lost and deluded in suffering in the cycle of samsara. So for us who have faith, and we have ordained as a monk, and we're staying with a great teacher, staying with wise people, those who have intelligence, those who have a sense of time and place, 
a sense of how to act appropriately to the people who were there. And this is very important. And so we come to train our minds following the Dhamma, the teachings of the Buddha. And he taught us about many of these various blessings in life, but they don't amount to more than 38. It's just 38 of them. So for us, we've been born and we've had the good fortune to meet with wise people, the good fortune to see summoners, and already this is a blessing for us. And um, so we also try to abandon any harmful things, any things that will take us to the realms of deprivation. We have a lot of patience, a lot of endurance with the work that we do and with this meditation practice. The last of these blessings is concerned with training the mind so that it doesn't fall into liking and disliking. And this mind that isn't given to liking and disliking is the mind that will see the Dhamma, the mind that will develop wisdom. And the skillful means to give rise to wisdom are anicca, dukkha and anatta, this uh, inconstancy, um, suffering and not-self. And Lumpucha once gave a teaching about this. He said it's like a, a lichen uh, called old man's beard. And this lichen is able to um, live up in trees. And its roots um, just dangle in the air. And it's able to absorb the moisture from the air in order to nourish it. And so we all know that there's um, oxygen and there's also moisture in the air. And this one species is able to take that in just from the air. So the means for wisdom to arise, um, we can just take this aspect of anicca, of change, of inconstancy. And there's um, also that things don't last, they don't endure, and not self. And these can give rise to wisdom. But the things that give rise to delusion is the understanding that um, things do last, that they're permanent, that they're happiness, and that they're really me and mine. And really almost all of the minds in this world, they think along this line. When they think in this way, then we die and then we'll be born anew. And we're just being deluded uh, like we always were. And through this delusion, then we create new karma. And this karma then has its results, which pushes us to create more karma. And the cycle just spins and spins, this round of samsara. And so it goes on for days, for years, even for lives. We die, and then we get born again. And we're always stuck within um, the realm of the kilesas without stop. So the Buddha saw how all beings suffer, and that's why he cultivated his bharami, his spiritual virtues. And for him to awaken was no small feat. It was really the most difficult thing there is. There's nothing more difficult than that. But for us, we are those who are very fortunate. We've been born and we have this opportunity to study the Dhamma of the Buddha. And even though he passed into Phananibbana a long time ago, 2,565 years ago, but his teachings are still here. 
and the great teachers, those arahants, um, they're still around in this era. We had Venerable Ajahn Man, Ajahn Chah, and they've passed away already, but their ways of practice are still with us. And they taught us to train following the Dhamma of the Buddha. And so those teachings are still here. So we come to think these ways of practice through and come to train and to train our minds. And through that, then we will know and see the Dhamma. So for us, we've all been born as humans, but we're not human so much in terms of these bodies. Um, if someone's just born physically as a human, it's better to call them a person, but they're not a true human. And many people are deluded that just because they've been born into this body, then they are a human and they're better than animals, they're superior to them, and that's not right. Because they still have greed, hatred and delusion, and they just go following their moods and give rise to many bad and wholesome things. And so a lot of difficulty comes from that. And really they're no different from the realms, the beings in the realms, who are in realms lower than humans. So when we talk about humanity here, what we mean is birth in terms of the heart. And this is a very rare thing. You see how there are many people in the world at present, many billions of people. But those who have a genuine interest in the Dhamma are very few. The Buddha gave the comparison to like a bull and has its two horns. But there's also many millions of hairs on that bull. And so those people who are intent on keeping uh, the precepts, on being generous and caring for one another, helping out in society, giving rise to different benefits um, in society, taking care of orphans, building places where people can study in schools, and helping those who are going through hard times, helping out animals, and also uh, interest and intent on learning the teachings of the Buddha help to support Buddhism, care for monks who are sick, help to spread the Dhamma, and also assist in building, making offerings for building uh, various buildings and jetties and monasteries. It's very hard to find people who are like this. Mostly people, in order to do this, they need a leader, they need someone to follow. But for those who have faith, who have a sense of uh, sacrifice. And we can find examples um, of people like that um, from the time of the Buddha. In the Buddha's time there was uh, Ananda Pindika and Lady Visaka, and there were so many, many other lay people during that time, and uh, after that as well, who helped to build monasteries in India and Sri Lanka and in Thailand and now all over the world. And for these monasteries to come up, it depends upon people who have this firm faith towards Buddhism in their hearts, helping to support Buddhism through offering the four requisites. And they also have virtue as well, and collectedness within virtue. And this virtue, sila, is one of the blessings of life. 
And so when we talk about generosity, there's um, external generosity and there's internal generosity. And internal generosity is that of giving dhamma, of sharing dhamma. Perhaps we have uh, friends and we can um, pull them in to practice meditation with us. If we know of any good dhamma, then we help to spread it with others, help to tell our friends about it. And we stay together, practicing together, um, ensuring that we're harmonious. If there are any small matters that arise, problems that come up, we just let go of those, because those aren't important for the maintaining of harmony. And if we look at these problems, these issues, in a deeper level, um, then we can look at them in terms of one of the teachings of Ajahn Chah. And he said that even though things may be important, that no matter what it is, letting go is more important. Maintaining the mind in a state where it's not involved in liking and disliking, this is more important because this is the path that will take us to freedom from suffering, that will take us to meet with genuine happiness. In order for wisdom to arise, we need to contemplate very frequently. So we can look at this breath, the arising and the ceasing of the breath as it comes in and goes out. And just there we see arising and ceasing. We see this inconstancy. Or we can observe the heart and see how the heart is always beating. And there we can also see this nature of change and how the lives of beings, they're dependent upon this heart. And if they stop beating for just a very short time, then everything disappears. There's nothing left in this world for them. All the things that they once had just go, they vanish. But that which doesn't vanish is the goodness that we create and that stays within the hearts. So for people who are real humans, at the very least they need to be abandoning uh, unskillfulness, bad karma, to be producing merit and to be making the mind bright and pure. And through this, then, we are born anew within the heart. And it's very difficult to find people who do this. Mpucha once gave a teaching in a hall that was full of people, full of his lay disciples. And he said that he'd been teaching for 25 years already. And he asked, well, who here is intent on keeping the five precepts for the rest of their life? And all of the people just kind of sat there looking from side to side, avoiding eye contact. And so Lumpucha said, well, I thought that this hall was full of humans, but it's actually not. That he had been teaching about these things, about abandoning uh, bad deeds for such a long time now. But really, there were many disciples of his who were intent on this, those who had given up drinking, those who were really firm in keeping these five precepts, firm in practicing the Dhamma. And so sometimes there are lay disciples, maybe female lay disciples, who have a lot of friends and they um, pull their friends into practice, into meditating, into being generous and virtuous, and into finding, seeking out wisdom. During the time of the Buddha, 
there were many uh, disciples of his, both male and female, uh, who practiced in this way. And some were foremost in wisdom. Who had um, a lot of special abilities. And so there was one uh, bhikkhuni who, I think before she ordained, um, she would take a stick of a black plum tree and put that into the ground. And um, that if anyone took that stick, then what that meant was that they would want to have a debate with her uh, with regards to the Dhamma. And whoever debated with her, no one would be able to win. So one day, Venerable Sariputta came along and he asked a child to uh, pluck out that stick. And immediately this woman appeared and she asked, well, who took the stick? And um, it was Sariputta who was there, but she didn't know who he was. And so they started a debate on the Dhamma. And this woman asked him many questions, and he was able to answer all of them. Because he had already finished the study of the three knowledges. And there was no one who was more superior to him in terms of wisdom other than the Buddha, and only the Buddha. So after asking many of these questions, it was uh, then Venerable Sariputta's turn to ask. And he asked her, what is one? And she wasn't able to answer this question. And so eventually then she ordained and practiced. And in the end, she became an arahant, an arahant who had many special powers. And she also gained the understanding of what is one, what one is, and that is the, the goodness and the good qualities of the Buddha, and that's one. So sometimes there are people who have a lot of faith, who have generosity, who have uh, virtue, and then they come to practice um, so that they give rise to wisdom. And in order to do this, we can just take up this one aspect of anicca, of inconstancy, and keep the mind with that. And whatever feelings arise within the mind, we just tell ourselves, this changes, this isn't sure. If the mind likes something, then we say, this, is, this changes, this isn't sure. If it dislikes something, this changes, this isn't sure. If the mind is scattered, this isn't sure. If it's afraid, this isn't sure. If it's brave, this isn't sure. And so we keep the mind with this object, in this way. And in the end, then wisdom will arise. And we'll be able to see that really these things aren't sure just like this. And spanya, wisdom, comes up. And so we have this faith. We have generosity, we have virtue, we've been training our minds. And we're really intent on giving rise to wisdom. And this is something that we should really put our efforts into, take it for real to always constantly be contemplating how things aren't sure, how they change. Whatever we see, then we tell ourselves that. If we see a building, or if we see anything that's um, strong, even people whose bodies are still strong and healthy, 
We just tell tell ourselves these things aren't sure, and then through that wisdom arises. So in no long time, this banya comes up, and then we can see into the Dhamma. And through this, then, we become those who are born within their minds. Their minds are born anew, born through goodness, born into this true state of humanity. And so some people are generous, they have a lot of barami, and they have a lot of friends who they um, help to pull into the Dhamma. And the devas, they also animodana, they rejoice in the goodness of these people as well. They're intent on training in samadhi, on giving rise to wisdom. And it's very rare to find someone like this. So for us, for those of us who are in this state, who are like this, it shows that we've got a lot of merit to us. So this is something that we should be doing. Because the days and nights, they just carry on passing by like this. With each year that passes, we get older by one year. And so before sankharas, this conditioned phenomena of the body, deteriorates, decays, we need to practice, we need to do this quickly. Because we don't know what's going to happen to this body. But whatever the case, may you all have good health. And may you be practicing the Dhamma, setting your hearts on this practice. You have a strong body. And within the space of this year, may you gain knowledge, may you gain wisdom into the teachings of the Buddha.